Our world is becoming ever more interconnected as communities become more diverse and the internet allows us to discover more about the world around us. When we seek to learn and understand the differences between our culture and others, we can develop an appreciation and love for them. As we teach our children about new countries and cultures from around the globe, we are also teaching them to have compassion, respect, and empathy. Hi, I'm your host, Jade Jones, mom to four children who I want to be compassionate world explorers. Join me as we discuss cultural awareness and world diversity and learn how families families teach their children to explore and embrace the world, its people, and their differences with a compassionate heart and open mind. Do you know someone who you think would be a great guest on the podcast? Send me an email at jonesandfortaste.com or DM me on Instagram. We're always looking for new guests to share about their culture and countries around the world. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Today, we're going to be talking to Amelia from the Brames Abroad, and she lives in England with her family. So, Amelia, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Amelia. My husband and my five-year-old daughter are currently living in London. We moved over here in November of 2019, just before lockdown happened, move abroad and then get locked in a new country. We moved over here. My husband works with the U.S. Army. And so we're over here for three to five years. We're hoping more on the five-year side so we can see lots of things in Europe. And yeah, we are loving it so far. That's awesome. Yes, we also moved in November to the Netherlands and have also spent more than half of our time on lockdown, which it definitely lends to an interesting first time international experience. Right. It. I mean, I don't think I'm very grateful for lockdown, but I do feel like we've been able to see a lot more of our you know, immediate area and a lot more of England than we were originally planning on. So instead of hopping on planes every weekend to go abroad and see Europe, we've seen a lot of England, which is also a very beautiful country. So yes. Well, and I'm definitely one of the things we've learned from moving around so much is that there are lots of cool things to experience wherever you are at. And so like, especially when funds are limited or time is short, like exploring right around you is always really good because there's always a lot more there than you think. Right. Yeah. Okay. So wanted to talk a little bit about where you are from, where else you've lived. Yeah. So I spent most of my growing up years in the West. So in Arizona and Utah and had my first big international experience when I was doing my undergrad in dance. There was a study abroad that the School of Fine Arts, I think, was taking students on, and it was abroad to China. So I had never really traveled much. I think I had maybe been on one airplane when I applied for that, and I was accepted, and I was so excited to get on a 14-hour plane flight. I thought it was the most amazing thing. Anyway, so yeah, that was like where my love of going abroad started. And from that point, I thought, oh, I think I would like to live abroad someday. But I hadn't really, you know, made any concrete plans on that. So after living in Utah, we did more schooling. We lived in Texas for a while and lived in Mississippi for a while and realized that with my husband's employer, the U.S. Army, that there were opportunities to live abroad. And we started talking about that. I also lived abroad in Poland for a year and a half to do 
like church missionary work. And again, really loved living abroad. So yeah, when the opportunity came up to move to London, we just kind of jumped on it. And now I forget like what your question was at the beginning. Don't worry. You fully answered my question. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what are some of the things that you've noticed that are similar to living in the U.S.? And yeah, we'll start with that one. What are some of the things that are similar? Yeah, I feel like moving abroad to England has been a really easy transition for us. A lot of things are similar. So before moving to London, we were also in Washington, D.C. So mm-hmm. we had already downsized to a very small apartment. So then when we moved from D.C. to London, we also moved into a very small flat. (laughs) And so that wasn't too shocking. We were very familiar with public transportation. And so we felt like we could handle that. I've heard a lot of expats saying that the public transportation is just so overwhelming to them that they end up not going anywhere because Mm -hmm. they're worried about it. But living in D.C. for a couple of years really helped us with that. So yeah, public transportation, similar housing was similar. The language is similar. Even, even if they do have a different accent, it's just so nice to be able to communicate. They have a few different words, but Mm -hmm. for the most part we communicate and that's taken a lot of stress out of the transition. And then food wise, we've been able to find pretty much anything we need. They don't have a big selection of Mexican food, but there is, I found a warehouse really close to us that sells real corn tortillas. Nice. (laughs) So I feel like, yeah, we're able to get nearly everything we want and we don't really have any special like hankerings for anything. Mm -hmm. Although we did order macaroni and cheese from Amazon. Macaroni and cheese is insanely expensive in the Netherlands. Like they have like a really generic one on the shelf in the grocery stores, but it's like three dollars a box or three euros a box. And does it taste good? Have you tried it? I we haven't tried it yet because I'm like I don't want to spend three euros for a box of macaroni and cheese that my children will demolish in like five minutes. I know. So normally, you know, pretty cheap in the states. (laughs) Yes, when you're used to getting like the good stuff for just over a dollar or a dollar a box, it's a little rough to uh, not be able to get that anymore yeah for me finding convenience foods has been a little rough for my kids just the certain things that they used to like having chicken nuggets have been really hard to replace oh yeah chicken nuggets yeah i didn't even think about that do you have a mcdonald's close by you can go get some chicken nuggets do but it's so expensive we finally have i found one store that carries like one style of chicken nuggets that my kids really like and that's pretty much the exact same thing so it's just having to make the trip there and hope that they have boxes in stock right yeah (laughs) okay so what are some things you kind of touched on a few things that are a little different but what are some of the most notable things to you that are different from the U.S.? It's been so interesting to compare you know just during COVID right yes like what's happening in the U.S. and what's happening here and like how willing people are to follow or not follow rules. Yes, I will say I have been very grateful to live in the Netherlands during COVID because people have been very willing to do 
what they need and wear masks and social distance. I mean, yes, there have been the people who have been very vocal about not wanting to do those things, but for the most part, people have, um, and I am very grateful yeah. for that. Yeah. So got to be here for that. Yeah. Us too. One thing that was very surprising to me is how active and outdoorsy people are in England. Mm-hmm. People, people love to just walk. <laughs> they just ramble. That's what they call it. They like ramble through the countryside and there are public footpaths everywhere. Mm-hmm. So you just, you can stop on the side of a road and pick up a public footpath and you can walk and they've dedicated so much of their country to hiking and walking. And I think it's a really beautiful thing. They love being outside, which is so strange because it's so rainy most of the time. Yes, I have definitely, the Dutch are, I think, very similar to those in the UK where like the weather is not an inhibitor. Right. I mean, I grew up in California. Like if it rains, no one goes outside. Like you're going to melt if you go outside. And so that's something we've had to kind of become better about here is that like, it's just raining and it's just wet and you can go outside and have fun. You strap on your wellies and you put on your raincoat and you just keep going. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Cause you're going to be biking in all weather or in Mm -hmm. my kids' cases right now, scootering in all weather. But yeah. Yeah. So many kids scooter here. There's a scooter culture. Yes, and roller skates are yeah. uh, are still alive and kicking in the Netherlands, and I yes. really want to bust out some roller skates. I'm so sad that I got rid of my inline skates. They're right? So hip. Yes, I mean, I got rid of those in high school, and now I'm like, those would have been extremely valuable here. I saw a lady <laughs> rollerblading while pushing a stroller, and I was like, that's how I want to get around. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. Okay. So yeah, the weather is very different for both of us from yes. U.S. We're way further north, so mm-hmm. it's cold. Oh, yeah, the, the sunlight. Yes. So we really love living here, but I don't think I could live here long, like longer than five years, just because the winter time the sun comes up at I don't know. It feels like it doesn't get light out until 10 a.m. Yep. And then. Everyone is tired and ready for bed at 3.30 because the sun is going down. Yeah. And it makes it makes it hard. And then the summers are great if you want to stay up late, but sometimes you don't want your kids staying up until 10 every night. <laughs> yes. Blackout curtains are your best friend. But even then, yeah. you have to like black the whole house out to convince them that it's bedtime and time yes. to go. To- yeah. It's really, really hard. And then the sun comes up at 4. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's been difficult. We have blackout curtains, but still sun peeks through yeah. the, the sides a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, summer is always a hard time to convince kids that it's time to go to bed. Right. Because it's like the sun's awake, so I'm awake. Channel some Anna there. I mean, I figure the longer you're here, the long, like, the more you would get used to it. Right. Um, yeah. I think people here kind of throw bedtime out the window. It seems like they just really embrace the sunlight. Yes. I think kids here are much more adapted to like varying schedules. Cause yeah, I've noticed like they go to bed really early during the winter, but then they're up and super late during the summer. We constantly are seeing kids running around at 10 o'clock at night when my kids yeah. are in bed. So yeah, I find that really interesting, but if that's what you know, then it's not weird. Right. That's more of 
I don't know. Are there type of, there's type of animals that just, you know, go with the sun instead mm-hmm. of like being on a schedule, you know? I don't know. What are those called? <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. it makes sense. Like you evolve to where you live. Right. And so like people in California, you get used to wearing flip-flops and shorts and a t-shirt all the time. And you don't necessarily care about like changing of seasons. And then, you know, you mentioned while we were chatting earlier that when you lived in the South and you really missed the falls and the winters of Utah. Cause yeah, you don't get that in the South. Right. <laughs> uh, okay. So what have you loved most about living in England? I think the thing we love the most is that even though we're on an Island, which England is the weirdest place. Cause it has no Island culture. at all. <laughs> And sometimes you forget you're on an island. Anyway, even though we're on an island, London is so well connected to the rest of Europe. Mm-hmm. So we just can get anywhere we want. And it's so affordable and it's yeah. really, really nice. I have never experienced that in any other place we've lived, that it's so affordable to travel in a place that's so well connected. Yeah, I was really shocked when... Because when we were moving to the Netherlands, we flew through London because it was cheaper. And the flight from London to Amsterdam was only $100 per person. Or actually, I think it was less than $100 per person. And I know that since we've been here, now they have a train that goes from Amsterdam to London. And it's like three hours. Yeah. And I just think that's crazy. You can't even get out of California in three hours. I know. Yeah. I mean, we traveled a little bit before lockdown, but it was you know, hop on a flight to Italy and be there in an hour and a half. And it cost us 40 pounds a person to go. It's just so great. So we really enjoy that about England. And we really love England is just so old and so full of history. It's just layered with so, so much. I read a book called The Brief History of England. And first of all, it's not brief. It's really (laughs) long. (laughs) You know, I was almost done with the book when they talked about, you know, America forming. (laughs) It's, you know, America's so young in comparison. So it's been fun to just, we go to these castles and it, you know, we were at the Tower of London the other day and parts of the Tower of London were built by William the Conqueror in 1066. And it's so crazy that we really love that. Yeah. I mean, you think about the fact that like England has existed for over a thousand years and yeah, yeah, the U.S. is a couple hundred years old. Like we're babies. Yeah, they are. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, we love getting to see all the older architecture, which is something you just don't really see. Mm-hmm. In the U.S., maybe you get a little bit in the South. Like we've been to St. Augustine, Florida, which is mm-hmm. one of the oldest like settlements in the U.S. But yeah, mm-hmm. and then up in the Northeast, and that's yeah, and that's about it. Yeah, at least for I guess our history. I mean, then you have all the Native people who have lived there before. Who unfortunately, we don't have a lot of what they have left. Right. But I guess the United States as we know it mm-hmm. has a very short history. Okay, so what has been the hardest thing for you about living abroad? I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm still in the honeymoon phase of living abroad. I think maybe the hardest thing at first was just getting used to things taking a lot longer. 
you know, so you go out to go grocery shopping, but you have to walk there and then you carry everything home yourself. Or if you go on an outing with public transportation, you know, it's going to take most of the day. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it's kind of a slower pace of life, which was weird. It was kind of strange not accomplishing a lot of things in one day, mm-hmm. like one errand at a time. And yeah, but I think that just comes with the the culture. Not a lot of people drive and it just takes longer to get all your things done. Yeah. Um, I definitely have found that like we pick and choose what we do more mm-hmm. where I would go and like run around and go to this store or go to that store for the certain things that I liked. I find that now I am like, it's not really worth it to go to three stores. I'm just going to go to one because right. that has most of what I need. It's a different mentality, but not necessarily bad. Just right. Yeah. Having to recognize that accomplishment maybe looks a little different, but yeah, public transportation, especially with kids. Yes. <laughs> it can take a lot longer while you're trying to hustle them to make a connection and their little right. legs don't want to go. And so you miss the connection and you got to sit around and wait for 15 minutes for the I next know. one to come back. <laughs> There's been many times where I have just grabbed my daughter by the hands and like, like flown her down the stairs as we're trying to catch a train and it always distresses her out and she gets really frustrated with me. Yes. Yeah. I am constantly my. <laughs> The first little bit that we were here, because we had to take the bus to the tram to the metro to get the kids to school. Wow. Because we didn't have any bikes or anything. And so I think for the first two weeks, every single morning, we were running to catch the bus. Because if we missed the bus, we were going to be late for school. And so it was like, run, come on. It's only like three blocks, but we got to run. Yeah. Um, And I was like, I was only four months or five months post baby and so I oh was so goodness. out of shape and I'm like trying to like huff it to get to the bus and I was just like every yeah. time I was like I'm gonna die this is never going to make it but you yeah. know I got fit really fast doing that there you go yeah while you're running to the buses <laughs> yes you definitely get I mean I've lost a lot of weight just because of all the walking that yeah. we do and and having to walk up to our fourth floor apartment oh you don't have a lift we do not have a lift so and the funny thing, yeah, it's like that weird, my parents were so confused for the longest time about whether we lived on the fourth or the third floor. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because Europeans start numbering what we would call the second floor is the first floor. You're right. Um, and so there's I was like, like a zero floor. Yes. There's the zero floor. And that was really weird to get used to. But yeah, so for all of our American friends, I live on the fourth floor and we get to walk up and down those stairs several times every day. It's a lot. It's a lot. I bet your whole family is in shape now. You wouldn't know it from the amount of complaining that I still get every day Mm -hmm. about having to go up and down the stairs. But that may just be from a child, you know, innate need to complain about something when you don't want to do it. It's like, but I have to go up and down the stairs. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So what is something you think people need to know before coming to visit or live in England? Yeah, so coming to visit, I would say, well, you're going to do a lot of walking, one, so. Good shoes. Yeah, good shoes. And also to just not judge it by American standards. So, you know, a lot of my family lives in maybe more suburban type Mm -hmm. areas where things are newer and there's sidewalks and things look very nice. It's very manicured. You know, and coming over to a different country where things are older, you know, things are 
cracking and falling apart and the grass isn't always mowed and there's graffiti, but it doesn't mean that you're in a dodgy place. Mm -hmm. That's just, I don't know, part of city life, maybe. Yeah. City life in London, I guess. Because I think that could be shocking yeah. to people. And, you know, storefronts, well, out where we live, storefronts aren't, I don't know, they just they just look different. It's like small little storefronts that, you know, don't have much. There's not a lot of display, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But as far as living abroad, I guess my vo- advice would be similar. Just... I think it's frustrating when people move abroad and then can't get over or they continue to, you know, make comparisons against where they used to live to living in a different country, which is fine. It's, you know, it's fun to make comparisons, but if it's making you sad or Mm -hmm. homesick, then I don't think it's very (laughs) wise. So I feel like we have left a lot of our just our ideals about what we like want in our life or things that we need for comfort. We've just like left in the U S and we're just trying to embrace like what life in the UK looks like and not be sad about not getting, I don't know, Chipotle or (laughs) some of these um, things that we would miss because we've traded it, you know, we've traded it for the super adventure abroad. Yeah. No, I think our sentiments are very much the same. Okay. How has living abroad benefited your family and your children? Child, you only have one. Yeah, I just have one. So for my child, I have seen a definite increase in her interest in learning about different countries. So before lockdown happened, we visited Portugal and Mm -hmm. Italy and... She, you know, made references to how the languages are different. She was very interested in learning a few phrases. She was interested in why buildings look different in the two places. And since then, we've gotten has in her room of the world. And she's always asking questions now about different countries. And she looks at her map and she says, you know, mom, what's in Austria? Like, can we go there? And, or mom, what language do they speak in Germany? And so I feel like it's just really opened up her perspective on, Mm -hmm. you know, people around the world and how things look different and how there is so much to see in the world. I feel like I didn't come to that perspective until that first time that I traveled abroad to China on the study abroad. And so I hope that this experience helps shape her life and that she continues to be interested in other cultures and other countries. And as a family, it, you know, has really helped us come closer together. We do a lot of things together and we don't have very many friends yet because Mm -hmm. we moved here and then we're locked away. And so we have, you know, done a lot of bonding as a family. And I think, yeah, moving away far from family, even if you're in the States away from family, kind of forces that upon you, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you realize that the U.S. is 
equivalent to like several countries away if you go from side to side. That was, I mean, we literally moved coast to coast when we got out of the military from Savannah, Georgia to Los Angeles, California. Wow. And so, I mean, it was a long I mean, it was a full day's travel to get from one side to the other for us. And that's one thing that being here, it's just learning the different time change. But for us, this wasn't our first time being far away and having to navigate time changes and knowing Mm -hmm. that we are not just a car drive away, that we are very much kind of on our own and relying on who's around us if we need help or just relying on each other. Well, is there anything else that you would like to share with us? I just think that everyone needs to live abroad at some point, (laughs) but that's super biased. (laughs) No, but if you can't live abroad, then I think everyone should travel one time outside their country. I think there's so much to learn and see when, you know, you get outside of your country. But I know that can't happen for everybody. But yeah, it's been eye-opening. Yes, I would agree. Well, where can people find you if they would like to get in touch? Yeah, so we are on Instagram at the Brames Abroad, and pretty active on that, sharing what we do around London, and then have like highlights on my Instagram account of trips that we've done so far. And yeah, I use Facebook, but not as much. Instagram's a good place to find us. (laughs) Instagram's a lot more fun for sharing the fun stuff that we're doing. And I will make sure to drop the link so that you can follow Amelia on the show notes. So go to the show page to look for that. And yeah, thank you, Amelia, for coming and chatting with me. I've loved chatting with you and Amelia yeah, and I, yeah, Amelia and I happen to have gone to the same university and in chatting tonight realized that we share a lot of mutual friends because we were both on the same dance team at Brigham Young University and did not know it because there's like over a hundred people on that dance team. Every yeah, small world. <laughs> yes. So kind of fun. And now it explains why her husband was super familiar to me in pictures because I do know him, even <laughs> if we did not personally know each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Thank you, Amelia, for coming on. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode and this podcast, please take a minute to leave a review or screenshot your podcast player and share with a friend or on social media. Make sure to tag me on Instagram stories at Johnson for Taste. Don't miss out on an episode by subscribing to the podcast and signing up for my free introductory guide to teaching kids about other cultures. You can sign up for email reminders, get the guide, and find the show notes by visiting my website, jonesonfortaste.com. Happy exploring!